Welcome to the Newsmax Daily for Wednesday, January 31st, 2024, as we wrap up the first month of the new year already. Incredible. Today is the fifth Wednesday of January and National Hot Chocolate Day, which I would much rather be drinking than this herbal tea that I've been drinking for my voice. National Hot Chocolate Day celebrates the delicious drink that has been around in one form or another for hundreds of years. Started out as actual chocolate, then we worked our way into the powdered chocolate mix, and it only got better with the invention of whipped cream in a can, right? You may be drinking some right now. Today is also National Eat Brussels Sprouts Day. Maybe you're eating some of those right now. A super healthy vegetable that most people either love or hate. It's definitely an acquired taste kind of thing. The history of Brussels sprouts also dates back hundreds of years to Brussels, Belgium. And topping the headlines, a late night for House Republicans as they move one step closer to the impeachment of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas over his handling of the U.S.-Mexico border. It was 18 ayes and 15 noes. The ayes have it, and the motion is agreed to. More on that coming up, and the Federal Reserve wraps up its market meeting, uh, the first market meeting of the new year today on interest rates, but... Let's start overseas in South Korea, where a U.S. Air Force pilot safely ejected from an F-16 fighter jet that crashed off the southwest coast of South Korea early this morning. Overnight, basically, while you were sleeping. A statement from the U.S. 8th Fighter Wing said it worked with its South Korean mission partners to recover the pilot who was conscious and taken to a medical facility for assessment. This is the second crash in less than two months. Another F-16 went into the sea near South Korea back in December. They didn't say yet if it was an F-16CDE or F-16F model, which would make the cost anywhere between $20 million for the cheapies and upwards of $60 million for the ENF models. In November, we also lost an Osprey aircraft. That was about $80 million. Several U.S. service members were also killed in that crash as well. In the Middle East, a U.S. Navy destroyer shot down a cruise missile launched by the Iran-backed Houthi rebels last night, the latest attack targeting America. American forces that have been patrolling crucial shipping lanes of the Red Sea. Shipping experts, people in the biz, are now saying the price of containers to be shipped is going up. Which means, obviously, it's going to cost more to get stuff here, and then they're going to pass that cost on to us. Bidenomics, baby. And now Iran has threatened to, quote, decisively respond to any U.S. attack on the Islamic Republic following the killing of three U.S. soldiers at a military base in Jordan. This came directly from their U.N. representative at the United Nations in New York. Former Deputy National Security Advisor KT McFarland has been our go-to on Iran, and she says the world is now on fire and President Biden is MIA. Jake Sullivan in September says the region's never been more stable. Then yesterday we have Blinken saying it's the most dangerous it's been since 1973. No wonder we all have whiplash. I mean, is the whole world laughing at this administration? In it, not just our adversaries, KT. These are the people making huge decisions about our national security. Yeah, and here's the problem. I mean, what is their position? What's their position on the Middle East? What's their position on Ukraine? What's their position on China? It seems like the world is on fire, and yet the United States 
has a president who's missing in action. You know, what they should have been saying today with one voice is three Americans have died. Three American service members were deliberately targeted and killed. The United States will respond and all options are on the table. Instead, what we've got is, well, we don't want a bigger war in the Middle East or this is a really dangerous time or the whole region is at peace. So come on, President, you need to get out into the Oval Office and you need to explain to the American people what's going on because a lot of us fear that we are sliding into potentially a global war or another forever war or even worse, that we're not going to respect our interests and you can kill Americans with impunity. That's former Deputy National Security Advisor K.T. McFarland, and this was President Biden's response when asked yesterday about a potential U.S. response to Iran. I don't think we need a wider war in the Middle East. That's not what I'm looking for. Clearly, we're not looking for a wider war, but some of the appeasement, the billions of dollars that was sent to Iran has led us into where we are now, K.T. What do you think the response needs to be? Some say naval assets in the Persian Gulf, a wave. Um, Also, there's some reports that they want to maintain some uh, element of surprise. That's why they're not talking about the origin of this drone, because we still may or not publicly know exactly who's responsible for this. When you get right down to it, there are three options. One is to do nothing, which is what the Biden administration has done here before for all these over 100 attacks. They've done a little bit of something, but in effect done nothing. The second is to target where these attacks are coming from, the proxies of Iran. Iran is paying for them, training them, giving them permission, but they're not part of Iran proper. So these are countries like Yemen with the Houthis or Lebanon or Syria and Iraq. That's where they're killing Americans and that's where the weapons are arranging are origin from to kill Americans. And the final and the and the most sort of what some war hawks want is to go right in and attack Iran. Well, I think that the do-nothing option, the Biden option so far, is obviously not working. The let's go to war with Iran option, that's probably not going to work either. We'll get into another forever war, and Iran could use that as the excuse to go nuclear, in which case you're launching a nuclear arms race in the Middle East. I'm all in favor of going robustly and vigorously and immediately after all of the Iranian proxy countries that are firing on Americans to give them the message, you kill Americans, we're going to kill you. And that's in Yemen, and that's in Syria, and Iraq, and probably Lebanon. KT McFarland on Newsline with host Bianca De La Garza and Rob Schmidt spoke with Rick Grinnell, the former acting director of National Intelligence. Doesn't it make sense that they would know that if you just pump Iran full of money, their ideology hasn't changed at all? Uh, that, that, that something like this was going to come down the pike. And now you have Biden out there saying, I don't want to escalate the situation. You've escalated it w- with the policies that you've put in for the last three years. How could they have not known that this was going to happen? Well, dear God, I hope that they know when they give $100 billion to a crazy radical regime, that that crazy radical regime is going to do what they always do, which is terrorism and go towards a a nuclear weapon. Look, I'm concerned on the diplomatic side that we're not doing enough. For instance, the, uh, the, the prime minister of Qatar was on TV today. Uh, And in the TV interview, um, he was extremely dismissive of American policy, whether it was UNRWA, the UN uh, works program. uh, He just thought, well, that's a good organization. Uh, He was very dismissive of Iran and our concerns. Look, we've had five individuals, not three. We've had five killed in the last uh, 
10 days to two weeks. We had two Navy SEALs and then three other individuals. Uh, when Americans are killed, we expect action. And I'm not necessarily saying that it has to be military action, there certainly should be diplomatic action. And when the prime minister of Qatar is so dismissive of us, that's a problem. Joe Biden needs to pick up the phone, call him, get our uh, hostages returned, because let's make no mistake, the prime minister of Qatar could get our hostages home in about five minutes. Rick Grinnell on Rob Schmidt tonight. That's weeknights at 7 o'clock Eastern on Newsmax. He is referencing the hostages being held by Hamas in the Israel-Hamas war, some of which I remind you are Americans. Tuesday, the Israeli military said it's pumping large amounts of water into the Hamas tunnels aimed at neutralizing underground terrorist infrastructure, right? You know all about the Hamas tunnels underneath Gaza, essentially flushing them out like rats. Awesome, right? But there is a concern that the hostages could be in those tunnels as well. The tunnels is where Hamas allegedly stores a lot of its weapons and ammunition and does a lot of its work. So it would make sense that the hostages could be in some tunnel as well. In Washington, as I mentioned, House Republicans worked into the early morning hours and voted to bring Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas a step closer to impeachment over his handling of the U.S.-Mexico border. After more than 10 hours of deliberation, the GOP-led House Homeland Security Committee voted 18 to 15 in a party-line vote to advance the impeachment articles against Mayorkas. The committee's chairman, Representative Mark Green of Tennessee, issued a statement saying uh, Mayorkas has willfully and systematically refused to comply with the laws enacted by Congress and has breached the public's trust. This is Georgia Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, one of the first to move to impeach Mayorkas, speaking in the hearing. Secretary Mayorkas's actions and decisions clearly meet the standard necessary for initiating impeachment proceedings. This historical evidence is overwhelming that the founding fathers intended impeachment to be used to deal with the commission of indictable crimes and the abuse of power corruption, and injury to the nation caused by public officials, among others. At the Constitutional Convention, the framers purposely devised the impeachment power to include any offenses against the nation's security committed by high officials. Stephen Bradbury, former Principal Deputy and Acting Assistant Attorney General for the Office of Legal Counsel at the Department of Justice, there is a settled understanding beyond dispute that impeachable offenses include both prosecutable crimes in all manner of gross misconduct in office that does serious harm to the U.S. political system or the U.S. constitutional order. The actions, policies, and statements of Secretary Mayorkas easily meet that standard, and the American people completely agree, especially the witnesses that we've had before this committee, these parents who have had children murdered by fentanyl, murdered by illegal aliens, such as MS-13 crime uh, gang members, and so much more. And I would tell you right now, the family of my two, two constituents that were killed in a horrific car accident by a 17-year-old cartel member smuggling illegal aliens into Texas would definitely agree with that. 
Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene in yesterday's hearing. South Carolina Representative Nancy Mace spoke about it with Carl Higby. There are a bunch of Republicans, though, that, as always, are going to let conservatives down on this one. Why could that possibly be? Well, my, my problem here is Republicans need to grow a backbone. We absolutely should. We can impeach Secretary Mayorkas. We didn't do it last time. It's time to do it now because we need to show the American people that we care about them. We're putting American citizens first. We're putting our borders first. We're putting our nation first and not those that have come here illegally to disrupt the system. And we have to do that. I've, I've been in some behind the scenes meetings and I've been appalled at our inability of some people within our conference, within our party, to do the right thing when it comes to Mayorkas or even when it comes to HR2 and attaching it to spending measures. And we saw that failure a few weeks ago, but this is where most of the country is. It's a winning issue, but also it's one that will save our country. Yeah. Well, you know, Biden spoke earlier about this border situation. I mean, he speaks all the time. He never says anything coherent, but he gave us a very interesting perspective earlier today. Listen. I mean, Congresswoman, this is insane. He had there's laws that you have passed as Congress mm-hmm. that say secure the damn border. Yeah, and look, and we all know he's not telling the truth, and the mainstream media will not call him out on his lies. We know by the time the sun set on his very first day in office, he reversed every good border security, border policy created by Donald J. Trump. He reversed all of that. There is steel rusting on the southern border because he stopped building the wall. Donald Trump built hundreds of miles of wall on the southern border. Joe Biden would like to build 20 miles of wall, maybe before he's done uh, with his first term in the president in the White in the White House. And so all we've heard are lies. He's got every tool in the toolbox to secure the border. He could shut it down today, but he refuses to, which yeah. is why it's so important we get Donald Trump back into the White House. He cares about our country. He cares about our borders. He cares about our people. South Carolina Republican Congresswoman Nancy Mace on Frontline with Carl Higby. That is afternoons at 5 o'clock Eastern on Newsmax. Must See Newsmax programming. And Colorado rep Lauren Boebert spoke about it with Eric Bowling. Congressman, can you imagine if we turned over to the federal government, the individual states, at least what they're doing at their own borders? That's what he wants. He wants total control over what happens at the border. Thing will be even more wide open. Yes, well, now my home state of Colorado is a border state, and we need Customs and Border Patrol agents right there in Colorado patrolling the invasion that's taking place uh, in in states like Colorado because of Joe Biden. And, Eric, if Joe Biden would have gotten to office and done nothing— that would have been best for America because we would still have President Trump's policies. But Joe Biden uh, completely abandoned President Trump's policies at the southern border. And that's what we're seeing, what we're seeing. And today, Joe Biden was asked about our border directly. And he went in for the slap shot and, as usual, fell flat on his face like he's climbing a flight of stairs. He mumbled some and then he falsely claimed that he's done everything he can to secure the southern border. No, 
Joe Biden has done everything that he can to open our borders and create this humanitarian crisis and allow fentanyl into our country. The irony here, Eric, is it's literally Joe Biden's open border policies that are facilitating this invasion. Just last week, we learned Biden's minions have caught and released 6.2 million illegals into the U.S. That is astronomical. Joe Biden's open border and soft on China policies have allowed deadly drugs like fentanyl to flow across our borders and into our communities, killing our loved ones. And in fiscal year 2023 alone, Border Patrol seized over 27,000 pounds of fentanyl. That's only what they caught at, at our ports of entry and such. Our, our Border Patrol agents are completely overwhelmed and are unable to seize the rest of the fentanyl that is coming in. Uh, 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 to our country. And all anyone needs to do is uh, to see the seriousness of the border crisis is visit any major airport or walk down any major city in America. Heck, come to Colorado and you can see that we have an invasion at our southern border. Colorado Congresswoman Lauren Boebert on the balance with Eric Bowling. Denver, Colorado, the mile high city, now has the highest percentage of illegal migrants per capita mile-high migrants they have more migrants per capita than any other city in the country they have a home they have homeless camps or migrant camps on the streets of denver where in the past few years people have also paid ridiculously high prices for their homes and speaking of home buying or buying anything else with a credit card or a loan the federal reserves wrapping up its first meeting of the new year today where they're expected to at least indicate what may happen with interest rates in the near future which could also have a big impact on the stock market today which opened deep in the red this morning at least the nasdaq was down more than 200 points that's a big percentage for the nasdaq things are improving though as uh, we get it to the day there are a couple of big headlines on the business page as well walmart one of the nation's largest employers announced a three-for-one stock split Great news for you if you're a Walmart shareholder. Walmart CEO said this will make the stock more affordable to its employees to participate in the company's stock purchase plan. Walmart apparently matches 18% of employee stock purchasing, which is really good. Three for one stock split on Walmart. And the other big headline is Microsoft blowing away earnings expectations, partially in part due to AI. The stock is up. But the other day, the company also announced that they're laying off nearly 2,000 employees. And did you see yesterday that UPS is laying off like 1,200 employees? And another tech company called Block, which is run by Jack Dorsey, former co-founder of Twitter, they announced 1,000 layoffs or something like that. So all of a sudden, every day, every other day, we're seeing layoffs. 1,000 here, 1,500 there. And I noticed on Morning Schmo. They had Chris Matthews on. You remember him? One of the many, many journalist TV news people that fell victim to the Me Too movement. Whether you like him or not, he was ousted allegedly for comments or maybe more than comments, things that happened in the makeup room, etc. So on Morning Schmo, they're talking about uh, E. Jean Carroll because that's all they're going to talk about now. And the expert that they had weighing in was Chris Matthews, the guy who was ousted for alleged sexual harassment. I guess Matt Lauer wasn't available this morning. I don't know. Listen. 
Keep it on Newsmax all day long to stay up to date with all the news. And there is plenty of it, right? Newsmax is available on most major cable systems, as you know, AT&T, Comcast, Hotwire, Mediacom, Spectrum, Xfinity, and many, many others. And make sure you have the new Newsmax Plus. Go to NewsmaxPlus.com and get signed up for a free trial if you don't already have it. It includes all of your favorite shows with great expert analysis. I'm Tony Marino. Thank you for listening to the Newsmax Daily, also now available on the Newsmax YouTube and Rumble page, as well as everywhere that you get your podcasts. Have a fantastic rest of the day and keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.